can do that too. All right, that is great stuff. Thanks for jumping on here, Ash. I know you're really busy, but we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. Have a great one. That's Ashley Watkins with SamAndAshLaw.com. If you're in a crash, call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234. We're back with more on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This has been the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash. Visit them at SamandAsh.com because you deserve what's right. Attempt blocked by McNabb. To the right circle, a try, kick, save, Hill. Rebound, another try, save, Hill. A third try, save, and the rebound to the right corner. Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Blob boots it ahead, sticks it left, Barbashev in, back to the right, a shot, score! Marcia so, 19 seconds in. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show rolling along here. Brian Wallace hanging out at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Over 55 televisions here. If you are a sports fan and you want somewhere to go, this is the place for you. Always free parking on the Strip. Not many other places can say that, but TI can. Phenomenal food. Great drink specials. Like, Come on down, say hello, hang out. I've got... T-shirts. I've got tickets to Adam London. Lafternoon at the Orleans. I've also got Las Vegas Desert Dogs lacrosse. You want to go to a lacrosse game? Come on down. Say hello. Hang out. Oh, I've also got tickets to Night Ranger and Stephen Piercy of Rats. That's Friday, February 16th. So if you want to go to that, come on down again. Say hello. And you can be a winner. Chris Chapman, he's hanging out inside the Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. And it's Valentine's Day. So I figured, wouldn't it be nice, Chapman, if you and I pulled out the bow and arrow, if you and I decided to play matchmaker, matchmaker for either matchmaker, a team? Okay, so you didn't, you didn't get a drop for that. No, no. I was I you was busy I, I was busy researching the the topic <laughs> at hand. So by the time I looked at the clock and finished eating yeah. my by the way, you, you mentioned food. They mm-hmm. have a, a special down there at the Golden Circle sports bar yeah. and, and sportsbook yeah. at T I. The mm-hmm. fish and chips with oh, yeah. with an Alaskan amber and you get to keep the glass. Sure. Yeah. Like that is super cool. I'm a big fish and chips guy. And yeah, their fish too. and chips are really good. But the fact that you get a beer and you can take the glass home. It's a, it's a really cool little perk. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a phenomenal place. And you're right, the fish and chips are, are money down here. So, uh, again, like great food, phenomenal food, really. Um, and as you mentioned, like the, the, the beer on top is, is just kind of icing on the cake. Um, so we, we're going to choose teams or players, and we are going to create the perfect match. Okay? Like, so to me... If you're looking at the Carolina Hurricanes, and this is going to be my first team. I'm going to kind of explain as we go along what we're doing here. But if you look at the Carolina Hurricanes, they are too good of a team to lose again before they get to a Stanley Cup final. They are too good of a team to not make a Stanley Cup final. To be frank, they're too good of a team to not win a Stanley Cup 
with the collection of players that they have. And so when I look at the Carolina Hurricanes, if I was going to shoot an arrow and create the perfect match for Carolina as to what type of player they would need in order to win a Stanley Cup, I would give them Jacob Markstrom. I think they need a goaltender. I think they need a solid goaltender that can play inside of a goaltender-friendly system that isn't going to be exposed to odd man rushes against, who can take over a game for you. That is Jacob Markstrom. I think he'll work in that system. And I think the Carolina Hurricanes 100% need a goalie to put them over the top, to get them to a conference final or a Stanley Cup final or to win the whole thing. And they're just too good to waste another year of this team. So I'm going to make the match, Jacob Markstrom and the Carolina Hurricanes. I I like it because you look at their goaltenders and, I mean, they've played five goalies this year, which those of us in Vegas were familiar with with that. Uh, So if they were to acquire Jacob Markstrom, they would play their sixth goalie of the year, which sounds like it should be a record of some sort. But... Yeah, definitely could could use a goalie. Freddie Anderson, unfortunately, just can't ever seem to stay healthy. And Antiranta is, well, he's not that good anymore. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, certainly I, I, I could see that. I'm going to stay in that division, and I'm going to go with the team that the Carolina Hurricanes are chasing, and that's mm-hmm. the New York Rangers. We've seen them twice. I've seen them twice in person, once here, once in New York, and the Golden Knights blew them out both games. And what really stood out to me is once you get past their top six skaters, they really don't have a whole lot of depth. Like sure. the, the, the loss of Philip Heedle, which occurred very early in the season, that was one that, that really hurt them. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere has not really turned out to be the star player that they were all hoping he was going to be. He's getting better, though. He's, yeah, but, but the Rangers are... are in a short window here to try to win a Stanley Cup. And they need depth. And they need depth scoring. So I'm actually going to match them. They're going to go on a double date, the New York Rangers. Because okay. I think they need two two scorers, and more specifically, they need a center. So who better than a guy who has scored an iconic goal for one franchise against the New York Rangers being Adam Henrique, you look at their center depth. <laughs> their center depth is is their top two guys are really good, right? Mika Zibanejad and Vincent Trocek. I think a lot of teams around the league would be thrilled to have them. Mm-hmm. After that, it gets a little murky. Johnny Brzezinski, he's the guy who's got the most points after their top two centers, but it's only 14. Adam Henrique on his own has 15 goals. So he has one more goal than Johnny Brzezinski has points. So the Rangers could definitely use some center depth. And I'm going to add one more guy. It seems like they would reach out to a team that always seems to be selling guys at the deadline, that being the Ottawa Senators. They bring in a familiar face, a guy who played about 30 games for them last spring, former St. Louis Blue, current Ottawa Senator, (laughs) Vladimir Tarasenko, another guy who can add some scoring depth for the New York Rangers. Look, this is a team I think that you and I both think has the ability to win a Stanley Cup. They've certainly got the goalie in place. Along the blue line, they're, they're pretty solid. They need depth scoring, and those two guys would certainly help with the depth scoring. All right, yeah, I'm not mad at it. 
I'm not mad at it. Okay. I'm going to take your... <laughs> oh, man, I'm so sorry. I'm going to take your New Jersey Devils. I'm going to make the New Jersey Devils better. And listen, I get that this is going to come out of left field a little bit. Mainly because of the goaltender that I'm choosing for the New Jersey Devils. But if we're being honest, and I like to be honest on the show, the New Jersey Devils need a goalie than what they have. Frankly, that's what they have to do. They've got to improve their goaltending. Now, I'd also make the argument that they have to improve their defense, right? Like They've got to get better at cutting down on high-danger chances against. But just by virtue of how they play, they're an up-and-down, run-and-gun type of team. And so you need a goaltender that is used to playing in a very loose defensive atmosphere. John Gibson. I'm shooting my arrow, buddy. I am shooting my arrow. John Gibson and the New Jersey Devils. It's a match made in heaven, mainly because we know that John Gibson can carry the mail on a team that does not play well defensively in the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> they don't play well in anything in the Well, Anaheim they don't, Ducks. but they don't play well <laughs> defensively, and yet John Gibson still puts up respectable numbers. In New Jersey, I think it would work. But I'm going to do you one better. I've got another arrow. Ooh. I'm ready to use it. Okay. Chris Tanev, you're going to get shot with an arrow, and you are going to the New Jersey Devils. Oh, I like that. I like that. Because as much as John Gibson can help you by virtue of the fact that he is a good goaltender in f- behind a terrible defense, you still need to improve defensively. You still have to find ways to win games 3-2 to two in which you're not just relying on your goaltender. So having said all that, Chris Tanev, boy oh boy, John Gibson, your New Jersey Devils. I, I, I like it. I certainly would not complain if either of those things happen. I like Chris Tanev. I, I certainly think John Gibson uh, can play. The Devils, of course, we don't know when they're going to see Dougie Hamilton again. Jonas Siegenthaler also has been on the injured list for quite a bit of time. So mm-hmm. it's certainly they, – they, they need some defensive help. Speaking of defensive help, <laughs> and they probably need a few more things to help them, I don't mm-hmm. – I don't have a lot of faith in this team, but I don't think they stand pat at the deadline because they're kind of soft, Ryan. Oh. And they need help in a lot of places. And you don't become unsoft or you don't become hard by taking a run and cheap-shotting a guy after he scores an empty net goal for you. Oh, my but goodness. You're talking about the Leafs? The Leafs. Okay. They need help, especially on the blue line. Mm-hmm. And I found the guy who will add a little toughness to the blue line. Now, he's a guy okay. who kind of fell off the map a little bit. You know, generally you do that when you go play in Arizona. But <laughs> he's on an expiring contract. He's a guy who, I think personality-wise, being a good guy off the ice, would fit with a lot of what the Leafs have in that locker room. But he brings some toughness. And I'm not talking okay. about bringing violence back to the game. I'm talking about a guy who's not afraid to mix it up. But a guy who plays a clean game. Mm-hmm. That's Matt Dumba. A guy who disappeared, right? You leave Minnesota, you go play in Arizona, people kind of forget that you're in the league. But Matt Dumba is a guy who would add a little toughness to that Maple Leafs blue line. And he's a guy who, quite frankly, would make them a bit better along the blue line. So, Matt Dumba, Toronto, let's go for it. 
that's off the board a little bit, but I love it. Truly, I love it. I think that that's right on the money. Like, your point about the Leafs being soft is well taken because I don't think cross-checking a guy after he scores a empty net slap shot goal makes you hard. I think it proves you're fragile. And you're not going to get the type of toughness contribution you're expecting out of Ryan Reeves because if you did and if you were, we would be talking about Ryan Reeves and the department of player safety, not Morgan Riley. So uh, I'm with you. I, I think that, that that makes a lot of sense. And certainly the Arizona Coyotes could utilize Matt Dumma and turn him into you know, something future. Uh, okay. Everyone's going to hate me for this, Chapman. Uh-oh. Everyone's going to hate me for this. And, like, I'm okay, mainly because, like, I want to stay away from the Vegas Golden Knights. But I'm okay with this here. I'm going back to the holster. I'm getting another arrow. Uh-oh. Cupid I am here. shooting my bow at Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel and the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, Here's wow. the deal. Here's the deal. I know they just got Elias Lindholm. I know that Phil Kessel is being put through the ringers on the ice with the Abbotsford Canucks to see if maybe, just maybe, there's a spot for Phil Kessel with Vancouver. But I'm sorry. When you are the Vancouver Canucks and you are getting unreal contributions from your best players night in and night out, Elias Patterson, JT Miller, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, you cannot waste an opportunity at a Stanley Cup. You just can't do it. So in my view, you bring in a guy like Jake Gensel who can absolutely change the dynamic of a game with his shot, with his hockey IQ, what he can do for you on the power play, if you're the Vancouver Canucks and you're all in, I'm matching you with Jake Gensel because I think that makes you a legitimate powerhouse in the Pacific Division in the Western Conference. Yeah, if you're going to go all in, go all in, right? Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Go all in, 100%. Like, 100%. This is, this is the type of move that a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning would make if they feel that they are right there. Mm-hmm. Like. If you're there, you don't know how long that window is going to be there. The Vancouver Canucks made the playoffs in the bubble. They gave the Golden Knights a, a pretty good series. And they haven't been in the playoffs since. So that window is is not guaranteed. Jake mm-hmm. Gensel, probably the the most dynamic offensive player who, who would be available. Go yeah. all in. Go all in if you're the Canucks. I love it. I like it. I think he, I think he does get moved. I think it's someplace not Vancouver. In fact, I think it's maybe the mile-high city for Jake Gensel. Oh, wow. But you. that's not that's not where I'm going to go here. I'm going to s- go in the division that the Colorado Avalanche play, and we've already seen this team make a move. Hmm. And a big move in bringing in Sean Monaghan, a, a, a dynamic scorer. But you and I had front-row seats last year to watch the Winnipeg Jets and the Golden Knights playoff series. Yeah. And as soon as Josh Morrissey went out, The Canucks did not have an answer. Neil Pionk was not the guy who you could have carry the load that Josh Morrissey carried for you. Now, there is a a big-name defenseman who could be on the move. Guy who plays 
in Alberta, but I don't think they need to shoot that high because I think the cost for Kevin Shavaldeev will be way too high to go out and get Noah Hannafin. But mm-hmm. there's a guy who, who has had quite a few playoff runs, guy who is a veteran presence, can give you some valuable minutes on the power play, and it depends on if the Music City team is willing to sell a guy like Tyson Barry because he's a guy who has been through the wars in the playoffs, a guy who gives you leadership. And if you do lose a defenseman, he's a guy who steps in and and he can give you valuable top four defenseman minutes. And that's something that I think the Jets need. I think they need one more blue line guy because after your top three, it gets kind of dicey. So Tyson Barry probably wouldn't cost a lot. And I think it's a move that that could be done if, if the Nashville Predators decide, hey, you know what? We're not going to go all in. We're going to sell someone. And it's not a huge name, but I think it mm-hmm. could be a, a good move, much like Teddy Bluger was last year for the Golden Knights. Good guy in the room, too, Tyson Barry. So um, I, I like it. Uh, here's looking at the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is a team that I still don't get the sense that they're done. And listen – this has nothing to do with the salary cap. It has nothing to do with putting together solid, legitimate trade proposals. This is just me thinking out loud, right? Like, if I were trying to match the Tampa Bay Lightning with the players that make the most sense for the needs that they have, this is the direction that I would go. This is the match that I would make. If I wanted to see the Tampa Bay Lightning go back to a Stanley Cup final, this is what i do. And granted, we're going to talk about one of these players in one-timers, specifically when it comes to trade speculation. But this is, this is the direction I go for Tampa Bay. I got two arrows. I'm shooting two arrows, Chapman. First one, Noah Hannafin. They need somebody on the back end that can fill in and do some of what Mikhail Sergachev can do for you. Noah Hannafin's going to be your best bet there. However, however, I still think up front they're going to need some depth. As great of a season as Nikita Kucherov is having right now, the drop-off from Kucherov to everybody else is a little bit too steep for me, and I think you need more depth up front. So I don't know. We've seen it before. It's happened before. When the Tampa Bay Lightning go a little bit off the board, they make a a trade for a player that nobody saw coming. Casey Middlestat, I'm shooting my arrow to you. You're a Tampa Bay Lightning, buddy. Wow, that would would be a a huge move because I I would imagine Buffalo would get quite the haul in return but of course they should they they probably wouldn't do a whole lot with it but but the but the beauty for me is that I don't even have to worry about trades I'm just shooting arrows bud yeah yeah well I've got one more arrow to shoot here and I'm gonna play Cupid with the Vegas Golden Knights oh yeah I wouldn't have done this yeah well People are probably wondering, well, what what do the Golden Knights need to make the match? Well, I was thinking long and hard about it, and what do they need to make the match? Hmm. They need to get their players back and healthy. And I think getting Jack, Shea, William Carrier, Ben Mm -hmm. Hutton, and Pavel Dorofeyev, getting them back in the lineup is better than any move the Golden Knights could make at the trade deadline. Hmm. And I think it's enough to make the hearts of any Golden Knights fan content. 
So you're shooting like five arrows? Yeah, I'm, I'm just shooting doing? arrows in the air at this point. Why not? Let them land where <laughs> they may. And I'm shooting them over City National Arena. So William Carrier and Pavel Dorofeyev okay. and Jack Eichel, they get healthy and re- return before too would long. You, would you shoot any arrows in the direction of, uh, I don't know, the Arizona Coyotes? Uh, well, possibly. I mean, we saw we saw the the Gary Bettman Valentine for the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Coyote. Yes. So, uh, I mean, that's a team that could use some loving on Valentine's Day. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they they probably could use a couple of arrows shot in their general direction. Uh, we'll shoot them down I eleven, and what is it then ninety three? It turns into mm-hmm. I don't even know. But uh, yeah, Ryan, we you and I were talking about it, and. Uh, you know, the, the, the arrows that the Arizona Coyotes need, they need a match to be a new arena deal. Yes. Yep. Sure do. Although I think I think <laughs> if there's a defense for arrows shot by Cupid, I think the city of Salt Lake might be uh, putting up the wall there. So I can I can see an arrow and I know I know you went a different direction with Adam Henrique, but to me, Adam Henrique, Boston Bruins a match made in heaven right there um, because the Bruins don't need defense. They don't need goaltending. Probably need a little bit more just in terms of center depth, so that that's a move that I think makes sense for Boston. Um, care, care to shoot an arrow at Marc-Andre Fleury? Ah, uh, well, we've... There's an obvious one. I, I think a team that could use a backup goalie mm-hmm. because I I, I, I look down I-15 and think that's a team that could use a backup goalie. I I don't think Cam Talbot is terrible, but I could see the L.A. Kings maybe swinging and trying to get the backup goalie there and a guy who, if you need to lean on him a little bit, has experience. And maybe a guy who would play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder coming back to the Pacific Division. Let, I don't I don't me, know if that's where no. you were going. No, 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 no. That's not my obvious one. Like, the Kings have bigger issues to, to worry about. Not, can I just say how disappointed I am in L.A.? Like, we give them a vote of confidence yesterday, and they go oh. out and lay an absolute egg in Buffalo against the Sabres. Um, Seven, not, Buffalo puts up a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, boy, the Bills needed that a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, they anyway, used it, yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury, I'm shooting an arrow from the Colorado Avalanche. Oh... Ooh. Like, Georgiev is playing too much. Yeah. Flat out, he's playing too much. You bring in a guy that, that can be a workhorse at times, like Marc-Andre Fleury. He's got all the experience, all the intangibles, everything that anyone's ever said about Marc-Andre Fleury. It's all true, and I think it would work there. To me, if Fleury's going anywhere, it's Colorado, because that's the spot that makes the most sense. Wow. Yeah, Avalanche, look, I mean, they're, I think we're kind of sleeping on them. Maybe maybe people have forgotten about them a little bit, but man, if they if they were to well, be able to, to pull that off and maybe they get need, an, maybe another high profile player, they become a real serious thorn in the side of a lot of teams in the Western Conference. They need one of your health arrows for Gabe Landeskog. Yeah, well, they they they, they need a couple of those. Okay, um, under uh, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite, Valentine's Day candy. Go. Well. You and I are on the same page in this, and the most disgusting Valentine's Day candy are those, are those <laughs> stupid little hearts that they're like the con- message hearts. They're like concrete, and someone paints like 
I love you or yeah. be mine or whatever. Those things, it's like eating chalk. Not that I've ever eaten chalk, but I remember like as a kid, you'd, you'd get those in, in, val- in class on Valentine's Day and you'd break your teeth trying to eat them. And they taste like crap. Like there's nothing even remotely satisfying about them. The only candy that even comes close on a disgusting level is good and plenty. And if you give those to someone on Valentine's Day, you need to reevaluate your relationship with the person who gives those to you because those are awful, <laughs> awful, awful candies. Uh, my favorite, I'm a big cordial cherry guy. I like, I, I love cherries to begin with. Cherry ice cream, black sure. cherry soda. I like cherries. I buy the Rainier cherries every year when, when they're available in the grocery store. But cherry cordials, those little cherries that are covered in chocolate and they mm-hmm. have like that little liquid. My mom buys those for me for Valentine's Day because she knows how much I love them. <laughs> so there's probably a couple boxes sitting in her house up in Summerlin waiting for mm-hmm. me the next time I go over there. Those are, those are my favorite, and they're underrated because you get a real cherry and you get chocolate. You can't beat that. Well, you can get a chocolate-covered strawberry. I think that's better. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but those big those chocolate covered strawberries are expensive and. <laughs> okay, here's my list. Overrated, M and M's. I'm sorry, I can eat an M M&M and M every day. I I don't need it to be like red and pink and white. It's an overrated Valentine's Day candy. Underrated, those little marshmallow chocolate hearts. It's like Russell Stover. They're like. A oh, dollar. Yes, those are They're really good. Yeah. Phenomenal. And, and they like make you can for, even for like Halloween and they have like an yeah, orange yeah. kind of pumpkin flavor. Yeah, those are really good. Yeah, they bring them out for every season. Like, you know, they'll they'll be like an Easter bunny one, they'll be the 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 Halloween one, they'll have one in the shape of a Christmas tree. Like they'll they'll go all out. But the hearts, strict marshmallow with dark chocolate or or caramel marshmallow milk chocolate oh. underrated it, it's like an s tier i'm telling you right yeah, now. yeah th- no that uh, that's a really good one that delivers too those are so good favorite reese's peanut butter cups but shaped like hearts yeah those are like, good i i, I you, look you can't ever go wrong with a reese's peanut butter cup yeah it, it peanut butter be, and chocolate come on what are you gonna do it could be shaped like anything and it's gonna be delicious yeah and least favorite Worst candy that's ever been produced, and and I'm, that's saying something because like, candy corn exists, but it's the message hearts. <laughs> it's the message hearts. You're eating chalk. Yes, you're, it's you're eating chalk. Yeah, hundred percent. You're better off. I mean, boy, I'm gonna date myself. You're better off going in the classroom and taking a <laughs> bite out. But they don't even have that anymore. So, like, like go go to a pool hall and take a bite out of the little the little cube that you you rub on your 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 pool cue and yeah. that's that's one of those message hearts because that's basically what it tastes like it's terrible so those are our overrated underrated favorite least favorite valentine's day candy if you agree or disagree let us know on x at ryan hockey guy at magnum 702 we're back with one timers next on the bgk insider show Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for One-Timers. One-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. One-Timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Chris Chapman, just let me know that we've got tickets. Chris Chapman, what tickets do we have to give away? Well, if you want to go see the Nashville Predators, team we just talked about a little bit in the last segment, 
Uh, mm-hmm. You can go on Tuesday night because they will make their final trip to Las Vegas this year, Tuesday the 20th, at the Fortress. So we've got a pair of tickets to go see the Nashville Predators. And it is a Valentine's Day miracle. Don't <laughs> call just yet, though. No. Don't call just yet. We're going to do it at the end of one-timers. The Philadelphia Flyers have a new captain. Did you see that? No, I did not. They do, huh? Okay. They do. Don't the Philadelphia Flyers have named Sean Couturier the 20th captain in franchise history. Travis Konechny and Scott Lawton named alternate captains. And we're about 50 games into the season. To At various points of the year, it was kind of Scott Lawton as the alternate captain, the, the guy wearing the letter all the time surprised at all that John Tortorella goes in this direction with Sean Couturier? Well, I think Sean Couturier is a, a really good player. He's a guy who who has been there for a long time. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's the first captain they've had in, in a couple of years. Obviously, Claude Giroux was a long-time captain, but you look at some of the names of, of the captains in Flyers history, guys like Mike Richards and Peter Forsberg, of course, Eric Lindros is a name synonymous with the modern Philadelphia Flyers. And so I think Couturier, you know, he, he fits the mold. He's a guy who, who has been there for a long time. He's a good player for them. So I'm not surprised that, that he's the guy they lean on. I mean, I like Scott Lawton more so for what he does off the ice. But I think making him an alternate captain is a good decision. And, and look, this is a team, as I mentioned, hasn't had a captain for a couple of seasons now. And, and I think Couturier is a good, a good direction. Yeah, premier two-way forward right like that's what you think of when you think of Sean Couturier injuries the past couple of years 2021 uh, 21-22 like that's been kind of the story for Couturier is just the you know kind of playing through and being sidelined with various injuries but he's been back for all 50 games this year and he's been really good and so to me like it felt like after Giroux left it was always going to be Couturier. It took a little bit of time to get here, but I think it's the right decision by the Philadelphia Flyers. Captain Sean Couturier named the new captain, the 20th captain in franchise history of the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay, I promised you we were going to talk about Casey Middlestat, and here it is. There have been rumors surrounding Casey Middlestat. Now, the rumors aren't exactly founded in that Kevin Adams, general manager of the Buffalo Sabres, has pushed back on the idea that Buffalo is shopping Casey Middlestad. He called that flat-out not true. However, however, Kevin Adams did say, it's my job to listen. It's my job to pick up the phone. If somebody wants to call me and ask about Casey Middlestad, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't at least hear what they have to say. So, Where's your where's your gauge on this? Because like to me, if Casey Middlestat became available, like if he was a player that the Buffalo Sabres were willing to listen to trade proposals on, I think that puts Buffalo into a really interesting position as having a player that I think a lot of contenders, a lot of really good teams in this league would covet. Yeah, well, I think it would be a little, if I'm a Sabres fan, I'm a little disappointed that maybe they would 
give up. Uh, it's not really giving up on him because if he's asking for a trade out, he's kind of giving up on them. But That's he's not asking for a trade. I want to make that clear. No, Casey no, but if, if, and and Kevin Adams have both talked about the desire to sign an extension. So it's not it's not a scenario where Middlestat wants out. It's not a scenario where the Sabers are shopping him. But it is a scenario where you have a player that is having a great year, who's young, twenty five years old, is a legitimate top six forward in this league, can play down the middle, again having a great year. I think you'd be crazy not to listen. Yeah, I mean, he, he's going to hit restricted free agency at the end of the season, so certainly someone could sign him to an offer sheet. But if I'm Buffalo, I'm not giving up on him. He's 25. I'm not moving him. Um, you know, I, I think maybe maybe this season didn't get off to, to what they had wanted it and started the way that they had anticipated. But I still think they're building something decent in Buffalo and maybe it was just a season of false promise and, and maybe things will get right next season but I feel like if you're going to move forward and you're going to try to, to build something there I feel you have to have Casey Middlestock there to, to do so I would agree with that but you know again if you're now if someone comes in and blows you away with an offer if you're looking at a first round pick and like a legitimate player that can come in right now like well, look at or look at the package really that like that that Calgary got from Vancouver. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying, like if you're looking at a first round pick and either a really highly coveted prospect for Casey Middlestat, like you have to listen to what the the, the conversation starters are. Now, doesn't mean you have to do anything, but you do have to listen. Okay, Morgan Riley officially filed an appeal through the NHLPA on his five-game suspension. It's going to go directly to Gary Bettman. Gary generally does not rescind or take off games. More often than not, he's going to uphold this. There is the opportunity that he adds to it. I want to be in a... Like, I want to see a scenario. Like, legitimately. I'm not even kidding here. Where Gary Bettman gets so annoyed at the idea that a player would appeal what is a, in my view, worthy and just suspension, and Gary's just like, all right, I'm going to make an example out of you. You don't like, you don't like five games? How's eight sound? It's going to be eight. Stop the ridiculousness. I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to keep it at five. Like I think that this is just, you know, performative at best like you have to appeal so you're going to but I want like that Gary Bettman switch to go off and I just want Gary to be like this is a waste of my time and for that you get three more games yeah that would be that would be pretty epic it would be pretty hysterical because if that was the case then Morgan Riley would miss both games against Golden Knights which is kind of funny because they play <laughs> Toronto two out of three games starting what is it next week or you know in, the, in a couple of weeks so, like, it would be pretty funny if Batman was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give you a few more games to think about it and for wasting my time. I mean, I understand that Morgan Riley and the Players Association, this is just something that they have to do. But, it's, it's collectively bargained. But so for, I get it. For once, I would like someone to say, you know what? I screwed up. I'm going to own it. And the suspension, you know, he's lucky he didn't get more. Mm-hmm. 
And, just, and just to be sit, fair, just just take your suspension and go home. Like, listen, if David Perron didn't get more games for repealing his dangerous cross check to the face earlier this season, right? On Artem Zub, then Morgan Riley's not going to get more games in this situation. Because if there was ever if there was ever a moment to just be like, oh, God, are you serious? It would have been the Perron one. Yeah, because I think that was worse than this. It was more egregious. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But at some point, I just want Bettman to do that. Like, full-on heel turn. Or maybe, I don't know, would, would that make him a face? Maybe? Listen. Well, it the, depends on where you're at in you, Toronto, you, right? You know what the fans in Toronto already <laughs> think. <laughs> Everyone's against us. It's like the rock stealing Cody's shine. <laughs> That's what Gary Bettman would be in Toronto. He would be the rock. It'd be amazing. I'm all in on that. Oh, man. It's not going to happen. No. But I want it to. He'll he'll stick with the five, and that'll be that. Those are your one-timers for today, February 14th, Valentine's Day. If you want to see the Golden Knights take on the Nashville Predators, be caller number 14. We're back to wrap it up next. Catching up with Chapman. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan. Well, with today being Valentine's Day, and all figured I would share mm-hmm. the cheesiest thing I've ever done on Valentine's Day. And I know you don't do cheese. You're a romantic. Everything's cool. But a long time ago, I, I, I was actually still in high school at the time. But Oh, wow. I... I was a screw-up. Like, I got bad grades. I was always in the principal's office. I was suspended, getting detention. But somehow, I dated the valedictorian. Really? Yes. Don't. I can't explain it. So, for Valentine's Day... The heart wants what the heart wants, Yeah, Jack. yeah. Well, she wanted the bad boy, I guess. And uh, so... <laughs> so, for Valentine's Day, I went and bought one of those, like, heart... Um, cookie trays it was like Mm -hmm. a you know you would use it to make like cookies like mrs fields almost the big chocolate chip valentine's or heart cookies yeah and i made red jello and made a jello mold and then i took whipped cream when it was dry when it was like solid and i wrote i love you in whipped cream (laughs) across the top of the heart (laughs) jello mold and delivered it and her father, who was a retired army, uh, I don't know if he was a general. He wasn't a general, but he was pretty high-ranking army guy. He he gave me a really hard time for being so corny and cheesy for bringing it to the house. So, uh, wow. good good times, and uh, you know, I still talk to her every once in a while. So, uh, good good stuff. But uh, yeah, one of the cheesiest did- things I've ever done for Valentine's Day. Why didn't you just make her a chocolate chip cookie? Because I thought the, the red jello, red heart, you know, corny. Red frosting. There you go. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, a chocolate chip cookie, it's better than jello. Everyone likes that. True story. Catch you tomorrow.